We've got a special guest on this episode of Konzano and Wilner, the podcast. Bob Thompson, the retired president of Fox Sports Networks, the co-founder of the Big Ten Network, and a guy who has done a public service when it comes to media rights deals and helping all of us understand it. He's on today's episode. We're going to talk about the college football playoff renewal. We're going to talk about what Oregon State and Washington State might do when it comes to selling their home football games. And Bob Thompson's going to tell us what we need to be thinking about as we watch media rights deals get negotiated across the landscape. You're going to leave this episode smarter. I guarantee it. What's better than one, John? Here's Johnny. Hmm. Nobody really knows. That's why we put two of them together. This is Kanzano and Wilner, a.k.a. John and John. Bob Thompson, in a lot of ways, has become the voice of reason when it comes to media rights negotiations, college athletics in particular. The former Fox Sports president, retired president of Fox Sports Networks, co-founder of the Big Ten Network, basically did a public service by helping us all understand what media companies value and help us understand the space. We're going to interview him on today's show about the college football playoff, Oregon State, Washington State, and what we should all be paying attention to when it comes to media rights negotiations. I'm John Canzano. You can read me at johnconzano.com. I'm with John Wilner. You can find him at pac12hotline.com. Wilner, am I overselling Bob Thompson? I mean, I just, I've leaned into him heavily in the last year and a half. No, I don't think you're overselling him at all. And the thing is, even though the Pac-12 situation is as kind of unfolded as it did and is is over for at least for 10 schools, Bob is still a huge asset for all of us because the sports media I mean, every week there's something going on that impacts college football, whether it's ESPN negotiating for the uh, expand, rights to the expanded playoff or the streaming service, which we're going to get into with Bob, a, a deep dive on on the ESPN, Fox, Warner streaming service. And that its impact, Washington State and Oregon State and their media deal, you know, the, the general uh, the secular trends in the sports media industry and how they will impact college football. I mean. There's something every week, and it's all intertwined with what fans eventually, you know, see on the field. So, uh, yeah, we are uh, we are really blessed to have Bob as a resource. There's no doubt about that. Bob Thompson joining us. Bob, thanks for doing this. I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, college football playoff deal. We saw a story saying, you know, deal was done, $1.3 billion. We have several sources saying not a done deal. Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, telling me on Friday – that you know, there's still work to be done on that front. But I guess maybe you could just start with your reaction when you saw $1.3 billion and an extension of the CFP deal. Well, first, I, you know, at, at the time it was originally announced a few weeks ago, or that it was floated by some ESPN folks, I thought that, that the deal on the, from the financial standpoint looked pretty light. And, and because for a couple of reasons, number one, you're coming off a 12-year deal. The average for those years is about 680, um, and you count the uh, semis, the final, um, and the New Year's Six bowl games. Uh, that adds up to about 680. And so, if you assume that the deals for um, the first four, the, the new games for next year, and the fact that they have really elevated those New Year's four old games because they actually mean something now. They're not just 
you know, conference against conference. This is to the right to advance to the semifinals. So they're more valuable. Um, then you're going to, and that gets you like 900, 930 by the end of the current deal. And then jumps into to one three as an average, 1.3 billion as an average, you discount that back to the first year of a six year deal. And you're only looking at $1.16 billion, which is about a 24% increase on the last year of the new deal. And that's or of the old deal. And that's the number that you should really be looking at. And I, I just thought that was a bit light. Now it's possible that, you know, the 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 bidding was tepid and you know, things have changed a bit in the media business. They're having difficult times with, you know, cord cutting is still continuing. And it's quite possible that maybe there weren't as many bidders or they weren't given the opportunity to bid on anything more than maybe first round games. You know, maybe ESPN was adamant that they wanted to keep all the semis in the final. And I know that in the case of many of those broadcasters who might be interested in CFP, they're going to want some of the, the good games too. <laughs> they don't just want the first four um, because those games are going to be up against NFL competition probably. And they'd probably just rather stand pat unless they can get a, a shot at some of the semis in the final. So those are the things that, you know, when the numbers first came out, I think the fact that the deal's not done yet is really just indicative of the uh, what's going on with the board of managers and the, I can't even remember what they're all called, the, the commissioner group and the president group. Um They've got to get the five seven resolved versus the six six. You've got to deal with you know Kirk Schultz and the Pac two because they have a vote, and that's going to be important that somehow that's getting take care of and and the vote is actually made. So I think after that vote is done and they you know they meet this week and and the president President Schultz has said he's not buying the five seven to you know anything for the Pac two going forward. So. Hopefully they can figure something out that makes him happy and get the vote done and then, you know, try and get to get a contract done. They should really get going on this thing because, you know, ESPN's got NBA deal coming up. They've got UFC coming up. And, you know, we've seen what happens if you, you know, push them too far and make them wait. You think all you got to do is look at the Pac-12 and they walked. And, you know, that's something that the CFP needs to keep in mind. If you're Kirk Schultz, Bob, are you playing every card you can as long as you can into the hand because you got nothing to lose essentially here? Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's you know, for him, he's not going to get an auto bid. So 5-7 is actually better for him, right, than 6-6. Than yep. Uh, one extra, one extra at-large bid. And then, you know, he's going to push to, you know, consider to still be a P5 in terms of money, I mean, he's going to get that the next two years, there's no doubt. And I think the question is going forward, I don't know that he's going to get it. He's going to keep asking. And then he's also probably going to push that he would like to be considered a P5 if we put together a new conference that, you know, meets the NCAA requirements for a conference. And he's going to get pushback on that. And it's probably going to be, look, we'll talk about it when you put your conference together and we'll see who's in it. And, yep. You know, but for for them at this point, you know, stay, staying flexible and staying relevant, very important because, you know, there could be some more moves uh, that they, and, and they might get scooped up to a, to another conference. So the last thing you want to do is, 
you know, burn a lot of bridges on the way out uh, because you might have to cross those bridges again. I interviewed Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, last week and asked him about the CFP TV negotiations and specifically asked him about the NFL model where we saw a playoff game in the NFL playoffs. It was on a streamer behind a paywall. And, you know, he said that's one of the things that's kind of still in the works with the CFP negotiations. Do you expect we're, we're going to see that in, in the college football playoff TV deal? Well, I think after the success that they had with Amazon and the fact that um, NBC slash Peacock was willing to pay what they paid, uh, the, NBC, or the NFL said, you know, what the heck, let's let's try it. And, you know, it worked out great. They had, it was the most streamed event ever, 20, 27 million homes or something along those lines. I think Peacock would certainly say it was it was successful. Amazon clearly thought it was successful because they went and bought the game for next year. So I think you're going to continue to see, you know, a game, a first-round game um, behind a paywall on, on one of the streaming services. I expect that one or maybe two of the first four games in the CFP playoffs might be behind a paywall as well. I just, I, I just don't know how they get to the dollar figure they're going to want to get to without making those first-round games a little more valuable than what they look like on, you know, face value. Because, yeah, there would have been some great games this year, but if you looked at, at what the first top 12 were, but there are going to be some chances and opportunities where the games might not be that good. So the broadcasters aren't going to, you know, write a huge check, um, but the streamers might um, for those, some of those first-round games. I remember having a conversation with you when the Pac-12 was trying to get its media rights deal done, and then you talking about it being too soon to go all-in streaming. Do you view this as a bridge to that world? No, uh, I think this is the bridge, and... I think, uh, you know, everybody's getting comfortable that the technology works and that they, these companies can handle these, you know, large, large streaming loads. That was always one of uh, as the rights holders concern, but it, it, they've proven that it, that it works from a technical standpoint. So now it's just a matter of what's the pushback. And how many people are going to actually, you know, participate? Is it going to really hurt your viewing? And I, I think in the case of the the NFL game, it clearly didn't. And so, and I think the Thursday night package, you know, the, the games on Thursday night aren't always the greatest games, but and Amazon did a great job with it this year. They got better games this year than they did last year. And I think that was indicative of the fact that the NFL realized that, you know, people are comfortable with it. And the, the numbers, while they weren't as good as, you know, when Fox and the NFL Network simulcast the Thursday nights, they're certainly better this year than they were last year. And the other thing the NFL likes is the audience was was markedly younger, which is important to, you know, continue to reach the younger fans. So I think you're going to continue to see this um, as a place where they can generate some additional dollars and reach some people that they might otherwise not reach. And it's, you know, it's a it's something that's here. It's now. Everybody understands it. But it's still, a, we're still at a bridge in my mind then, you know, we're going to flip the switch and go the other way like this year. So, Bob, make this ESPN, Fox, Warner combined streaming service bundle 
make it make sense to me because I'm, I'm still not sure I can. And maybe that's because they don't they haven't released a lot of details. But but what did yeah. you think when you heard about it? Well, I, I when I heard about it, I, I immediately thought of Hulu, which, you know, when, when I was around when Hulu started and um, is a very similar concept. You had NBC, ABC and Fox contributed all their entertainment programming and programming from their various linear cable networks to Hulu, and it would air on a delayed basis. And they also allowed, you know, Hulu also created some originals. And then ultimately Hulu created a cable-like product as well. So it was very similar. I think what they're doing here is they're going, they're going straight to the, the, we're just going to air the live feeds of, of all of your networks that have sports. So it's, as you said, John, details are are kind of uh, slim right now. Uh, I saw that somebody in Washington D.C. said, "Oh, we're you know the Department of Justice is going to take a look at this." And I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to look at at this point. I think they're <laughs> out of out of wait a little bit. But I mean, the one thing's you can pretty much figure, and that is, I got to think it's going to be priced in the forty to fifty dollar range, and that is because in order to kind of replicate what the, the subscriber is worth um, to these companies on cable or satellite, that's the price that you need to get to because um, you got to remember on cable and satellite, 100% of the subscribers are paying for those products even though they don't watch. Uh, and so now you're only going to get maybe 10, 15% who are going to pay for it. So you need to have a multiple of what you get as a cable price, a wholesale cable price. That's why I get to the $40, 40 to $50, because if you add up, you know, ESPN says 10 bucks, Fox Sports One is a couple bucks. Fox Broadcast Network is like 250, ABC's 250. And then the various Turner channels and things along those lines. You're going to get to uh, license fees in the 25, 30 buck range real quick. And you are going to want to make some profit on this thing as well, because there will be some, you know, background costs and back office costs. So um, it's got to be 40, 50 bucks. And I, I can't see it any other way. I think it's interesting that it's, it's not just going to be, you know, events or shows. They're doing the whole feed. So you're going to get, you know, on, on ABC, you'll get, from Good Morning America at night till, you know, the CB, the ABC evening news and all that product, it'll probably come through your local ABC affiliate, but you're going to get all of the content along with the sports. And so what, if you look at it, technically with sports that are on NBC through Peacock and the sports that are on uh, CBS through Paramount Plus, virtually with once these guys get on the air or, or, or on the internet, pretty much all sports, other than the regional sports networks, are going to be available from streaming. And that could serve to, you know, hasten the demise of the cable and satellite bundle. Uh, because the, the consensus is, you know, that given most entertainment programming has already fled for the streaming world, you know, but we'd be at Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, whoever, um, that sports and news are what's holding the cable bundle together. And 
if a good portion of that, the sports part, moves off the bundle or the cable operators, and it's also, you know, it'll still be on the cable operators, but it'll also be available somewhere else. Yeah, it remains to be seen, and I assume that these networks have done some research, but certainly haven't shared it with anybody, that a lot of people are going to go over, you know, depending on what the price ultimately is. And as, you know, you've kind of come up with a almost replicating a cable bundle now in the streaming world. And so the question becomes, can you get what you want in terms of sports and other entertainment when you cobble all these different services together and you add it up and it's... $90 or whatever. And then you compare, well, I get most of this stuff sans maybe some of the entertainment programming through the cable bundle and I'm paying 90 bucks there. So I'm just going to stay pat. Some will move, some won't, some will want the news, some won't. So it's, it's going to be real interesting to see if that, like I said, hastens the, the board cutting level. Um, it I makes was, the cable business even more challenged. I, I was looking at, you know, when it initially came out, I saw Fox and ESPN together, and I thought, gosh, ESPN got into that business long before Fox and, and lost a bunch of money. And how does, how, you know, did you at all think about, you know, Fox, the advantage Fox had in saying, okay, we've let ESPN swim for a while, and and uh, now we're jumping in when uh, when the timing's right, and, and they've they've found a, a few of the pitfalls. Yes, I would say that this so far has worked out pretty good for Fox. I think they, you know, because of the amount of sports program they had, they were unnatural to be, you know, combined with 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 Disney and and certainly WBD with the with the NBA and the NHL. Um, certainly, it's a good complement as well. So the three of them together are quite formidable. And you know, there's been some talk that. Maybe Paramount and Peacock might you know, join up, join forces, and combine their uh, streaming services as well. So, you know, it, it, what usually happens in the media business is a couple of things that are quite clear. And one is, whenever you go through a, an initial phase, you certainly once you get through that, and everybody gets tired of losing money. You go through a merger and consolidation period, and that's what we're going through right now. And the other thing that's always clear, and that is you might think that this is going to be the death knell for, for cable or satellite. Remember, it, it always takes longer to kill off a media platform than you think. <laughs> um, you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, if people thought TV was going to kill radio. Radio's still here. You know, the cable was going to kill TV. Still here. The internet was going to kill TV or kill, kill cable. No, they're all still here. So, and they'll, they'll continue to coexist. But there's just going to be a lot more options, and you've got to have some rationalization of the market because people can't afford to continue to lose the money, and you know they're going to have to have offerings. They're going to need to entice as many potential subscribers as possible. How much of the streaming future is tied to the technology of, or the the obstacle? presented by having to you know if you're watching something on amazon right you got to close the amazon app and flip over to your youtube app or your 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 paramount app right i mean this this streaming bundle they're talking about will eliminate that obstacle right because you'll be in the same place to flip between the three yes you 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 would assume that 
they'll all be kind of in the same platform. Um, you won't have to, as you mentioned, John, leave Amazon to go to ESPN Plus. You know, somebody at some point is going to be, uh, you know, maybe it's a Roku, maybe a, who knows, an aggregator of all these feeds, and you'll end up with a um, guide or a menu that has all of the things that it would intu intuitively know what you are subscribed to, and it will your 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 access or your gateway to all of your shows. So you won't have to depart platform and go into somebody else's platform. You you'll you'll be able to kind of seamlessly switch from show to show, regardless of the fact that it's on Fox or Peacock or Hulu or wherever it is. That that'll at some point that's going to happen. It's not there now, and it's one of the maddening things. You know, from my standpoint, I'm one of those guys who sits there and. I'm all over that remote and you just, you, you don't get that experience on the streaming services. It's, it, I call it funky. It's just not where it should be. And it, it, it'll get there um, at some point, but uh, it's just not there yet. And when it gets there, Amazon or Apple will buy that company, right? <laughs> Probably. I mean, yeah. it, it's, you know, it, it, people talk about how, uh, how Fox and Disney and Warner Brothers are going to handle this. Well, I remember that, you know, one of the most technologically advanced from an internet standpoint, uh, back office, uh, internet backbones was MLB advanced media. And it started by um, the major league baseball years ago to handle the, the out of market packages for, for MLB. Well, Disney bought, Part of that several years ago, and they now control it. They own the bulk of it, and so they've got the technology, all the technology they need, and it's considered to be one of the one of the best uh, backbones for uh, streaming services. So I'm quite comfortable that they're going to be able to handle whatever they need to handle as it relates to um, the Fox, WBD, and 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 Disney slash ABC products. Oregon State, Washington State fans uh, are are waiting to find out where they can watch their home football games next season. They'll, they'll play those Mountain West Conference games, and I, I'm sure they'll show up on Fox and CBS as part of that deal. But they've got Oregon State's got seven home games, including Oregon and Purdue. Washington State has six, including game with Texas Tech. What do you think happens with those individual games, those 13 games for Oregon State and Washington State? John Wilner and I have been kind of going back and forth on this this whole thing, and one of the things is with, with acting like an independent, well, the two schools basically acting like an independent. The tough thing is you're going to have like 13 games from these two teams, and that's just a lot of inventory from two teams, and you, it could be compounded by the fact that if they don't perform well, then you've got you know. 12 or seven or six, whatever games from teams that are pouring for poorly. And that's just not what you want to put on your, on your, your station or network every weekend. So that's one of the problems. The, the other, you know, I think they'd probably be smart and hopefully might be able to tag along on the mountain West conference uh, deal with Fox and, and CBS sports network. I mean, the, 
most of the games there on on FS1 and the Fox side of things and CBS Sports Network, but it's still you know pretty good coverage. Um, the next option would be something, some sort of regional syndication deal um, with some local local TV stations. You've got or you get Root Sports Northwest up there, based out of Seattle. So you could you could try and cobble something together there. Um, I think that the most important thing is they they need to maintain some level of exposure, even if they don't get a bunch of money out of it, because you know again. And they got a great storyline. They're kind of like, you know, I hate to use the, the Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, but these are the guys who are, you know, when the when the musical chair stopped, these were the guys who didn't have a seat. And so there's going to be some interest in how they do and um, how they how they proceed. And I think there will be some interest of, as to how the football teams um, perform. So they're, they're going to be a, an interesting storyline, but money should be secondary to exposure. Have you heard or seen anything to indicate whether the Pac-12 networks would be an asset either for the two schools or for a media company that's looking for to outsource production? Um, I have heard that there's some lists of available equipment floating around among the hardware vendors. Gotcha. Um, but that's it. Now that could just be additional equipment that, that you know, they, they, they won't need because they're not going to have 12 schools. They're only going to have say a couple to begin with. Um, you know, it, it's a great facility and they do great work. I think the question just becomes, you know, do you want to sit on that overhead? Um, and do you need to have that much overhead and that much production capabilities, or are you better off just trying to sell whatever you can and, and try and figure out a way to get out of the lease? Apple came in on that Pac-12 deal late, and, of course, it didn't come together. What's, what's the future of Apple in that space? And did you see that as a one-off, or do you think Apple makes another run at a conference at some point or a sport and tries to own a sport besides what they already have? I, I think they will. I really think they have to. I mean, if you look at Apple TV Plus, it hasn't performed, you know, all that well from a pure subscriber standpoint. You know, they say they had two million, two million MLS subs. A lot of those came on after Messi uh, showed up in Miami, and then there was also a lot of freebies. You remember they have there's uh, every season ticket holder in the in the MLS got a free subscription. There's four hundred thirty thousand season ticket holders. So that's you know that's almost a quarter of your of your subscriber base right there, and then you know T, I think T-Mobile and Verizon are giving it away, and so it's really hard to get an idea of how many people actually took that package. I think Apple will get in at some point. I think what Apple is is kind of looking it's a lot like what Google looked at sports. They kind of tried to figure out a way to to get in deeply, and they couldn't. And that's why, you know, Google ultimately dropped the, what was it, $2 billion something dollars for NFL Sunday ticket. And I think they are, are happy with how it worked out for them. Uh, Amazon had to overspend to get in the NFL. I mean, to, to try and come from the outside and, and get involved in sports in a big way, I don't care if you're um, a cable channel or a streaming service, entry 
quite often requires overpayment to get into the, you know, the inner circle. But once you're in, you're in. And I think Apple needs to probably take a look at how they're approaching it. At least I would, I would suggest that. And if they, you know, if they'd spent a bit more money on the Pac-12, we'd probably still have a Pac-12. You know, a few dollars yep. would have overcome a lot of those issues that people were were concerned about. So, and, and these companies have just so much money; it's just amazing. And um, at some point, they'll figure out how to probably deploy it in a manner that that will allow them to get a hold of uh, some product. You have some MLB games and. I, I believe they're going to continue with that, but they want to go in. They they need to go, you know, after something big, you know, an NBA or something like that. So, Bob, I view almost every development in the rightly or wrongly, fairly unfairly, I view almost every development in the sports media space through the lens of how it will impact college football in 2030 when the Big Ten's deal expires so presumably the big 10 goes to market sometime in late 2028 early 2029 so how what are you seeing out there that is going to including potentially this you know the streaming agreement with fox espn and, and warner what are you seeing out there that you think will have a direct impact on the structure of college football in a decade? A couple of things. Um, if you look at when the expirations of all the contracts for the main conferences, they're all in that 2030 to 2032 range. I mean, we're still yeah. trying to figure out exactly when the ACC contract is going to expire. But tomorrow, at <laughs> some point, I think. Uh, so that's going to be an important point. You know, you, you, we, we've never really had them line up quite this well, at least not in a number of years. I mean, you remember we were under 12 year deals on the PAC 12 and the big 12 and the, the CFP NCC is under a long deal. So we're getting to the point where, you know, if somebody wanted to do something, that's a time where you would look at it. And if the CFP does go with six years, they're going to be writing on their renewal, they're going to be right in that range as well. So just the fact that everything is going to be kind of out there for bid more or less at the same time, is going to be a real interesting time. And, and it and also could be a time that could potentially spur some sort of reimagination of college football, just because the timing. Um, so I, I see that. I think, you know, in 2030, we'll have a, pretty good idea of, you know, what the kind of uh, distribution source that's ultimately going to win out. We'll, we'll, we'll probably have the winner by then, I would think. So, you know, at this point, it, you know, certainly looks to be the streaming side of things, but that doesn't mean that there won't continue to be a vibrant, you know, uh, linear cable satellite type business as well. You have to remember that there's still 70 million homes get ESPN and Fox Sports One. That's, you know, that's a lot of homes. That's, you know, there's only 110 million in the United States. So um, they still have a significant number. Granted, it's going down and, and, and these new 
uh, streaming services being put together right now could have the potential to drive that number down faster. But you know, if it even if it goes to fifty, that's still a lot. Fifty million people, you know, paying you ten bucks a month like they're paying ESPN. Those people are important, and, and ESPN is going to have to continue to serve them. So I don't see anybody abandoning the cable bundle just um, to do an all streaming type thing. Uh, but I think you might see. Um, a good idea in 2030 where the bets, you know, that have been made are starting to pay off on the streaming side. But it would affect potentially, correct me if I'm wrong, it would affect potentially the dollars available, right? If Big Ten, let's just say, you know, Big Ten's got a, a billion a year deal now, right? Uh, the cord cutting continues, the shift to screen, streaming continues, the ESPN, Fox, Warner Ventures, a success. Won't that impact how much money is available for the Big Ten the next time it goes to market? And then won't that impact us? I'm trying to connect this all to the what we see as what fans see on the field. So if the dollars are not necessarily fixed, but not increasing at the rate they have, that could impact how they're distributed, right? I mean, the the Big Ten, where, what I'm getting at is, are we getting to the point where Fox says, hey, Big Ten, we'll give you a, a billion two, and you got to figure out how that money is distributed within your membership? I think certainly that's a possibility. I, you know, it, it just depends on how easily the switch to streaming is able to replicate the revenue stream that the uh, bundle on cable and satellite gives you. If you're getting, you know, four to five times as much for each um, streaming subscriber than you were getting on cable, you probably got a shot. You know, you're probably revenue neutral on the affiliate side if you get, you know, if it's four to five times higher. Um Maybe it might even have to be six to seven times higher, but you could you could see the the, the in the future where the um, revenue would be kind of flat, regardless of whether it's cable, satellite, or streaming. So then the question becomes: it's about eyeballs and viewers, and what are you going to be able to do from an ad sales standpoint? And you know, it's probably you're going to have less on the streaming side of things because you just don't get your so much of your casual viewer just flipping through and, and landing on a game and watching it because unless you're subscribed to that service, you just don't, you don't have access to it. Whereas now you have access to, you know, everything on the, on the satellite or cable. So, and you're right, John, I think at some point what the networks ultimately pay, they're going to want the best games and that's all they're going to want. You right. know, and, and, and that's when you start looking and saying, okay, is there some super league? Is there, you know, you, do you have to at some point eat some of your young and, and say, look, you're just not quite ready for this next level. And that's what everybody talks about as far as the breakaway and super leagues and all those type of things. And we're not convinced it's, it has to happen. I think it's possible it could happen. And then you get into the whole world of talking about, how are you going to fund that? You know, things along the lines of private equity and 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 how would that work? And should college football be spun off from 
you know, from all the other sports, uh, you know, the, the Chip Kelly idea. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that's going to have to be decided. And I think a lot of that will happen around that 2030, 2032 timeframe, just because of how lined up all the television deals are. Everybody's going to be in the market at the same time. Mark Cuban's sale of his majority share of the Mavericks caught my eye, and in particular something he said after when he was asked why he sold the team, he pointed to um, you know the gambling and real estate family uh, that he sold his majority stake to, and he said said something along the lines of you know the that the sale made revenue from media rights deals much less of a concern for the Mavericks. Um, you know, the RSN that carries the Mavericks is in bankruptcy. You know, did, what did you make of that, that Cuban thing? And I know it's off topic for college football, but, I, it, you know, Blazer fans are waiting for this NBA TV deal to get done. Cubans cashing out a little bit. What did you make of that? Well, Mark's a, Mark's a very smart guy. I've known Mark for 30 years, and he's he's always kind of been a step ahead. And he, he whether it was with, you know, broadcast.com and what he did with that or, or now clearly with, with the Mavericks as well. And I think for him, they had a great opportunity because of the potential for uh, gaming and um, ballast and the fact, like he said, it was a real estate play. And, you know, allowed him to cash out but stay in. And um, um, I think what he thinks is going to, is, is that the, local media side of things might be a little more challenged and for the nba mlb and nhl they get a significant amount of their their dollars from the their local rights uh, as opposed to the nfl which is basically all national rights and so he kind of thinks i think what he believes is that valley southwest is is going to be not what it once was, although I don't know that I agree with that. I, I, I actually think they're going to get out of bankruptcy, and I think they'll um, hopefully Amazon is going to get involved with them, and, and they could actually be a player in the streaming world as well. But are they going to be able to continue to pay the dollars that they've paid in the past? That's the question, and that's one I, I just don't know. But I think Mark didn't want to make that make that bet and decided to go ahead and, and catch out. Now, I think what you'll see going forward is, especially with non-NFL professionals, teams, if the, if the sale prices have kind of plateaued, I think we'll, we'll know real fast if we've kind of reached the, the zenith. I know that the NBA's negotiating right now for the, you know, their national rights with, with ESPN and WBD and, Adam Silver's very hopeful of a, a large increase, but he's probably going to get sliced and diced and Amazon probably or some, there's going to be a streaming service involved and they're going to probably, maybe they sell that mid-season tournament individually, um, but it's going to have a slightly different look than what they've had in the past, which was basically, you know, some games on ABC, ESPN and, and the ENT slash TBS games. So Mark's a smart guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you know, go against what he's thinking because it makes a lot of sense and, and, and it surely made sense for him given the potential for for gaming and to be involved in that in texas bob we will uh let you go here in a minute uh appreciate you joining us you are our, our first three-time guest um 
Do I get a T-shirt or something? I mean, <laughs> the the gift card to McDonald's will be in the mail. Um, they, they, we need a T-shirt. A, That's what we need. They give, <laughs> they give uh, if you're a host on Saturday Night Live five times, they give you like a gold jacket. <laughs> One gold jacket coming your way. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I enjoy this with you guys. It's fun to do. If you are advising a college football fan what to watch in the sports media space over the next couple of years to help understand where college football itself is headed. Is it as simple as just watch whether streaming, you know, increases its foothold? Is it watching other media deals like the NBA and it, something's come, something else is coming up uh, as well soon what what would you advise people to be watching for that could in the in the greater sports media space that that could impact college football right i think that um certainly the deals that are you know the nba deal the the other one that's coming up is ufc oh right uh indycar is coming up um nascar is done everything else is is pretty much done till like 28 and so I would certainly watch those. I think you need to to watch what what happens with um, you know all this stuff as it relates to NIL uh, payment of of the collegiate athletes, those types of things. Because you know some schools aren't going to be able to to do that, and and it might require a change in in their structure in terms of you know how many sports they offer. Um, do they want to play? You know, top level college football. Are they pre- prepared to to go to uh, a lower level division? So those are the type of things that you know are decided by you know in many cases courts, you know, the courts of law and things like that. And and but it can be a very good indicator of how things are going. And in order to continue to generate revenue though you're going to have to see that the television entities are are healthy and growing and are prepared to make investments and you know it's they're in a tough spot right now they're kind of in between and the economy kind of came along and got got sideways at a at the at a bad time and so you have to hope that the economy improves and they're willing their 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 crystal ball tells them to make some bets and some bigger bets. And if you see those types of things going on, then you'll have a pretty good idea that, you know, there's, a, there's things wrong up the tick. If they don't, it's the complete opposite. You can say, okay, well, maybe we hit the, we, we, we finally have hit the, um, the plateau and, and the bubble is, is, is popping. Yeah. You know, nothing goes up forever, and sometimes it goes sideways and for a while, and sometimes it goes down for a while. But those are the types of indicators I'm going to look for as you go forward and 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 try and make some understanding of what things are going to be like in the future. Bob, it, it's been uh, always it's always a pleasure. But you, what you've done, I think, in the last year and a half is you've kind of taken the public places where you know we never. We've never been in those negotiations. We, you know, we don't know what, you know, what to make, how we, how to make of them. And I think it's really been a public service. I mean, from the very beginning, when you talked about the valuation of the Pac-12 teams, you were money. You said thirty million per school. That's what ESPN was apparently offering. We found out later. 
Um, I wish the Pac-12 would have hired you and put you in that room as a consultant. Well, maybe maybe next time around. But thank you for doing this. I mean, I just think it's a public service. You've, I think you've helped a lot of people understand what's going on and how to make sense of it. It's my pleasure. I enjoy being with you guys. It gives me something else to do besides play golf and, and physical therapy on my back. So I appreciate you having <laughs> me on and uh, look forward to doing it in the future. Thanks so much, Bob. All right. You guys have a good night. John Wilner, quick uh, feedback. I mean, I mean that. he's It's been a public service. I mean, from the very beginning, I don't know about you, but you know, I didn't get into this business to cover media rights. I find it fascinating. But I needed somebody who had been in the room, and Bob Thompson had negotiated those deals, former uh, president of Fox Sports uh, Networks, founder, co-founder of the Big Ten Network, guy who had negotiated these deals and been in that room. Um, what jumped out to you in, in our conversation? Well, yeah, no, you phrased it right. He, he's kind of been the translator in a lot of ways for, PAC, for, for college football, Pac-12 Specifically, but college football fans generally over the last year and a half, he has he has helped us make sense of what is in many regards a foreign language to college football reporters and, and fans. It, it has absolutely been a a public service, you know. And when, whenever we have him on, I have to go back and listen a couple of times to try to digest uh, what he's saying, and you know make it make sense in my own head because usually he's talking on a little bit different level than I'm thinking. And, uh, you know, this was a, another example of, of that. I thought it was, uh, it was tremendous. And what he said about the, you know, ESPN, the college football playoff games being, being streamed a couple of the first, first round games. I think that's, he's probably spot on about that eventually. Yeah, I just think it's interesting to hear him talk about it. And then I loved your question at the end there about, you know, what should we be paying attention to or, you know, what does the public need to to tune into? Because, you know, that's where my mind goes next. And and uh, I think if you're Oregon State and Washington State, hire this guy, put him, you know, let him consult uh, on trying to figure out where those games belong. I thought his advice about exposure being more valuable than the revenue to those schools, particularly that when they have $255 million coming in in their settlement, um, you know, maybe it took some of the pressure off from the, you know, they, maybe they don't have to get every dollar for those football games. Maybe the exposure is what it's all about. And then his thoughts on Apple, too. I'm just, I'm fascinated by what's going to happen and can they crack into the space in a meaningful way? Yeah. I mean, college football is like a cauldron these days, right? And the sports media is in that cauldron, right? And it's boiling with the NIL situation and the transfer portal situation and, uh, you know, with re the revenue sharing, the lawsuits around revenue sharing, uh, the search for help from Congress or the Big Ten and the SEC kind of charting a course forward for the rest of the leagues. It's all in this giant cauldron. And it's, it is boiling because we are seems like we are very getting very close to a, a real breaking point for the from the traditional model of NCAA sports and, and and the media space is a key part of it and and having Bob around to to help us make sense of that I think is is just absolutely crucial well I hope everybody enjoyed the episode make sure you're subscribed make sure you read John Wilner 
Bay Area News Group superstar at Pac12Hotline.com. Make sure you read me at JohnConzano.com. And make sure that you uh, hit that button and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss anything when it comes to our episodes. When they drop, you'll know. It'll show up right there on your handheld device, and uh, you'll have it uh, ready and, and waiting for you. Thanks, everyone.